Today, every day, small cap investors visit Agoracom knowing this is the day to discover the world's next great company, to have their dreams come true. That's why I take to the open road, to find them, to tell their stories, to engage them, to bring them to life, because they want to connect with you from your office, your phone, your home, anywhere. Agoracom, find your dream. Welcome to CEO Interviews, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to sit down with small cap executives about what's going on at their companies. And after a pretty busy summer, back from Labor Day, we're happy to have him back. Paul Gill, CEO of Lamico Metals, traded the TSX Venture Exchange under the stock symbol LMR. For our friends in the U.S. on the QB under LMRMF, and for our friends in Europe on Frankfurt under under DHHC. Now, for those of you who knew the story, Paul's going to be on here to discuss. The emergence of Lomico's Lalutra high-grade uh, flake graphite property from a mining development project into a viable serious asset capable of providing supply to the 91 lithium-ion mega factories currently in various states of development around the world. Uh, the company's got some exciting next steps, so I'm not going to steal his thunder or get right into it. Paul, hope you had a great summer. Welcome back. Hi, George. Thanks. It was a great summer. Lots of progress. Yeah, and, and you weren't quiet over the summer because we had an interview in July. You've been putting out news, so let's get to it. Uh, La Lutra, you've done a lot of work there. The next six months is going to be go time where we'll really find out what you've got. But what do we know about La Lutra today? Why is it so special? Well, just in, in July, uh, George, we were able to put out our last batch of drilling on the Lalut uh, property. And um, again, there was uh, fantastic results. Um, we continued to see um, a developing story and a whole new area of mineralization at the refractory zone, which paralleled our other one, uh, other zone called the graphene battery zone. So now we have two different distinct areas in which there's mineralization. And the, the big kicker was the refractory zone was three times the grade. So we're really excited about that. And uh, I think that will, um, I think, wake up some people once we get a 43101 in a preliminary yeah, and, assessment. And I remember in our last conversation, uh, grade was very important for you. You wanted to be at or above the 10% mark. Are you happy that you're, that you're probably going to be there now? Yeah, a number of uh, number of intercepts were well above the 10% uh, area. Then we had 18, 17, 16, 14, and over significant widths, um, 20, 40, and 100 meters. I mean, those are kinds of uh, uh, intercepts that a that a mining engineer loves, and uh, so they're a lot of them are are looking at it and uh, licking their chops and trying to figure out how they're going to get involved. And so we're we're inundated with um, uh, proposals right now. So we're really happy to to see that. But um, you know, uh, it's just a justification for our strategy. Our strategy was let's not go to the market with a subpar uh, project. Let's go to the market with a top five project worldwide, a world class project. And now we've got the uh, the guns to do it with. Is it is it is it too early to say that you're a world class project already? And do you have to wait for the forty three one hundred one, 
uh, or are you pretty confident you're at that you're you're you've got it already? Yeah, I think that um, you know with the with the kind of grades that we have seen, uh, we're we're definitely knocking on the door. Now you rem remember that we've got twelve anomalies on this project. We've only drilled two, and both of them have mineralized zones. So um, you know, I think it's uh, it's a little bit early. Maybe yeah, you're right to call it a world class project with 170 drill holes into it. And if you look at our PowerPoint um, uh, and the highlights that we've made on various different drill holes, um, you're probably going to go blind because it's all yellow. Uh, on on which ones to highlight uh, was the toughest thing because there's so <laughs> many different highlighted areas. So uh, we're definitely aiming to, I think, uh, wake some people up and say that North America has a part to play in the graphite market. So the 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 the, the rubber's gonna hit the road with the four to three one hundred one, and then the PEA after that. Can you give us a rough timeline now? Uh, do, you, do you have a, a ballpark timeline of when to expect the four through one one, and then maybe when to expect the preliminary economic assessment for PEA? Yeah, we we announced our our drilling results in July. We were really trying to uh, go hard and get the engineering firm tied up to do the forty three one one. That didn't happen. Um, we've since that time uh, announced a financing, which we should talk about later. Uh, but um, uh, we need to we need to make sure that we go through and and get the financing done, and then we'll we'll have enough dollars to to pay for that forty three one hundred one and the preliminary economic assessment. In regards to timeline, I think we're looking at um, October as a as a timeline for the forty three one hundred one, and then a number of different reports that make up the preliminary economic assessment uh, are going to come out. Metallurgy um, uh, cost. Um, looking at uh, infrastructure areas, community relations, um, also looking at uh, the conversion of the material to uh, to uh, um, spherical graphite and, and potentially graphite anode material. Those are all value add um, components. And what we've seen is that the spherical graphite market is far and away more uh, value add than just raw graphite. Um, so I think that that's what the the world is looking for. These 91 mega factories that you mentioned out there that are building lithium ion uh, batteries, they, they will need this product, but they will need the end product, the graphite anode. So if we can get there, that's, um, that, that's a really good um, economic argument to make for this company. And just to go back and finish off the conversation on the on the financing, the way you're sounding, you know, four to two one oh one in October P after that, it sounds like you're pretty confident you're gonna be able to, to to get this financing done in order to you know really be prepared for what comes next. Yeah, I think what, what happened in uh August is that uh, we really had a choice to make. Were we going to continue on with uh private placements and uh non-brokered financings or are we going to get serious and get a, a broker partner involved and attract some of the institutions institutions don't uh, necessarily get uh, participate in in non-brokered financings so uh, we made the choice to to go brokered with this financing uh, it's going through all of the due diligence at present and i think we're really positive on that and and it has uh, and will attract i think institutional 
uh, money, which I think is where we need to go with this. I know that um, that uh, some of the, the retail people will also benefit from that uh, as well, uh, simply because they'll have more confidence in in uh, in having a, a complete due diligence package done. And and look, the implication has to be that I make an inference here. I'm not putting words in your mouth, but the decision to go broker, to go through the extra due diligence, the extra cost, expense, and time has to indicate a high degree of confidence that you've got in both in La Lutra and the success of the financing. So uh, am, am, I, am I way off on that inference? No, we, we, you know, we don't want to waste our money. So, of course, yeah, there had to be some justification for, for going that route. And at any given time, a company has to make a decision to, to bring in financial partners that are able to reach out on its behalf and to their network in addition to our own network, which is pretty good. But at, this, at the time that we were considering this, um, you know, with, with a really good project ready to go uh, into the next phase of development and, and looking at perhaps even uh, talking to some of the institutions in Quebec and some of the government um, associated institutions, uh, brokered financing was the right move. And I think that uh, the market will appreciate that as, as we move forward. All right, so since you say look forward, let's look past that point now. So assuming pretty with pretty confidence that, you know, pretty much confidence you're going to get the financing, therefore, you know, the PEA and Ford through 101, all that's going to happen. Let's look forward. You had an interesting quote uh, in your press release, in the last press release. You're going to read it here. It's an excerpt. We are at the beginning of the battery materials bull market. Um, can you be competitive in this? You've got everything in place. Everything is done. Can you be competitive worldwide from Quebec? Because you've got this fantastic project 110 kilometers outside of Montreal. Yeah, I think we can. And what we see in the market today is, uh, is a, a few um, supply chains being lined up. What we're seeing is a lot of projects in Africa, specifically Syrah Resources in Mozambique, is ending up supplying uh, graphite uh, production and uh, graphite anode production that's happening in China. And what you're also seeing is that the export of graphite from China to North America has dropped uh, precipitously the last uh, uh, 10 years from say 90% of the market to 37% and it's still going down. So what we're seeing uh, essentially is uh, supply chains being developed uh, in Asia, now we need to have those same supply chains within North America so that we don't have to depend on uh, Chinese products per se, and especially coming to, to light uh, the particular situation with the trade war at present. All of a sudden, if that were to escalate uh, even further and uh, we're getting products banned, some of the materials that go into electric vehicle batteries that go into the Tesla mega factory in Nevada and other ones that are being developed in Boston and New Jersey and areas like that won't have the raw product. Um, they'll have to get it from somewhere else. And, uh, and versus the, you know, really comparing to the, the African or other jurisdictions that are, um, that are prone to political upheaval and strife, you know, we're, we want a surety of supply in North America. We want to make sure that our products keep, coming out and so that's what we can provide uh, being uh, in our location right outside of Montreal near the port of Montreal 
uh, it's able to go up and down the St. Lawrence and to the East Coast and uh, by rail all the way down to Nevada if necessary. I think, you know, that's important. It's more important, um, uh, you know, when you're, we're talking about a part uh, of, a, of a battery that may cost um, less than $1,000 overall to the, the cost of the car. So are you going to just stop making the cars if it, if it costs 1020 No, it's, it's fine to, to pay a little more for the assurity that you're going to get the material you need. Yeah, so your competitive advantage comes from having a great product, being a North American supplier, and price is pretty much not, not even an issue. So am I, it sounds like you're saying we've got two, two different markets you're going to be looking at. One is China. And what is North America? Am I am I am I am I right in assessing that? And if that's the yeah. case, which one will be the greater focus for you? Do you go after the North American market because of the advantage you just talked about? And and are you going to be big enough to be able to supply that market? Yeah, I think that we'll have size. Uh, we have other competitors out there that are also looking at that market as well, which is Mason Graphite, Nouveau Bond, uh, and other ones that are smaller than them. Uh, but I think you still need five, uh, five different mines that are producing uh, at, uh, at a steady rate in order to supply just the Tesla factory alone. That's material. That's information that came from benchmark mineral intelligence. So we know that there's going to be further lithium-ion mega factories being built. And there are about five in North America. So realistically, you need some, some heavy production uh, going on in North America to supply those and make there's make sure there's a surety of supply. China is a whole other thing. Um, you know, that's a that's a maybe five years down the road because when you look at some of the information that's coming from Bloomberg or you look at our site, we've quoted uh, Bloomberg and some of the other ones. Um, we're really going to see a huge increase in demand by 2022 to the, the 2023 all the way to 2030 as the adoption of the electric vehicle spikes i mean i was just watching today the unveiling of the the porsche uh timeout which is a new uh porsche that's coming out i mean that's in incredible to see uh, uh them competing in that market all electric fast as anything torque 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 oh, and yeah. um, i'm telling you i mean when you see uh those kind of cars coming out it means that everyone's going to get serious about electric vehicles uh, Ford, uh, BMW, Porsche, all of them, Volkswagen, Volvo, are, are going to go that direction. So, um, And we're seeing certain pockets of adoption here in Canada. Uh, certainly Vancouver is one of them. And in the United States, San Francisco area, you can't go anywhere without tripping over a Tesla. Um, so I think that that's going to, to be uh, a bellwether for what's coming. You mentioned 2022-2023. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to ask you about that. Everything goes well. Financing place, 421 PA, everything goes well. When would you be ready? Is that, so if everything goes as planned, when would you be ready for Lelutha to start actually supplying the North American market? Are you going to be ready for 2022-2023? That's what the hope is, is to be able to, to get ready for 2022, 2023. There's a number of hurdles to get over. But one of the, one of the big things that we will get uh, uh, started is that when we get the preliminary economic assessment done in February, March of 2020, that'll be essentially a marketing document for investors 
that want to play in this space. So the investing arm of, of all of these car companies, BMW, Tata, VW, Volvo, Ford, uh, Tesla, all of those will be able to examine uh, or have their, their specialists examine uh, the product uh, that we're, we're producing and, and provide an opinion on it. Uh, so if we get to that point, then we can uh, add on that major finance here that we will need to, to raise a hundred million or so. We estimate, and this is just a guesstimate almost, um, because we're looking at other cost factors that have gone out there. For instance, uh, Mason Graphite is, is looking at uh, 40 to 50 million plus to, to, to get up and running. Nouveau Monde is about the same. Other ones are estimating about the same. So we can guesstimate about a hundred million to get up and running. Well, that's a tough road for, for Lamico to raise at the present time. We would need a, a strategic partner and that's what we're looking for. And is that why you mentioned your press release, you actually said that investors are skeptical of North American suppliers. Is that because you guys, you know, you and the names you mentioned haven't gotten there yet. You still have hurdles. So in the meantime, in the, the market is acting as if, okay, show me the money. And until then, I'm not going to pay a lot of attention to you because, you know, the, 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 these African suppliers are, are doing just fine. And if that's the case, you know, what's going to be the catalyst? What's the hurdle that you need to cross where suddenly that skepticism comes off and, you know, the, the whole investment community starts to, starts to really take the North American suppliers and, and Lomiko really seriously. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at it as if it was um, a simpler thing. Let's talk about it as if it was uh, going to going out to eat at a restaurant. Um, uh, and that's the same thing that, um, that these lithium ion factories are going through. They said, gosh, uh, let's go out. We'll, we'll have something to eat. And all of a sudden they're hungry. Well, they're going to pop into a place that has the food ready. And Africa is able to, to extract and ship uh, graphite material right now. It may not be the healthiest food. It may be fast food. It may not be converting uh, into uh, the right kind of end materials. You might have to you know, make sure that you put it in a microwave, you heat it up or whatever. But that's the analogy is that uh, people want the food now and it's cooked over in Africa, they'll be able to get it. But when they realize that um, there's some value add to having it in a, in a local spot like Quebec, where um, there's lots of government support to keep the, the product, uh, uh, the project going, uh, they'll, they'll shift over. And it's all about a surety of supply. Uh, even big companies like Imaris had a really tough time getting supply uh, started in Namibia. They're a huge multi-billion dollar company and they spent $50 million in Namibia and they walked away from that project. So that is a scary concept that okay, if a big company like that's going to walk away, well, there's going to be a potential for, for unrest in other areas. So right now, uh, uh, those, those groups such as Sura Resources and others are able to, to meet supply. But even they are not going to be able to meet supply in the long term. It's just the short term. So we were thinking about long term. You know, uh, we're talking about the conversion of the industrial combustion engine, the ICE, to electric. That is mind-boggling. It's a multi-trillion-dollar industry. 
uh, that it's a paradigm shift. Let's face it; it's a complete paradigm shift. Yeah, and it's not unlike other paradigm shifts that happened in the past. Um, no one heard about the internet in 1990, uh, and by 2000, everyone had it. And then no one knew about smartphones in 2000. By 2010, everyone had it. No one knew about social media in 2010, but in 2020, everyone has social media. Streaming. So look at look at streaming. You know, streaming music, streaming movies. So. Yeah, and there's wasn't a thing today that's everything and that's that's what I love about the business you're in Paul sorry to cut you off there but you know you've been you've been patient with with La Luta you've nurtured it along you've been calling this paradigm shift uh, and we know it's gonna happen and when it does it's gonna be like that and all of a sudden Lomico goes from uh, as you said it skepticism from the investor community of North American suppliers to all of a sudden Hopefully, I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth, uh, but the but the market darlings at the end of the case, uh, as far as the graphite, the graphite. World. Yeah, this is exactly the case. We want to have our cake baked for the delivery at the exact right time. The graphite market really takes off. That is how you get full value out of these products. I mean, I follow uh, one of the one of the best investors in this particular market is Frank Justra, and uh, kudos to him. I hope he gets a chance to watch this, but I mean, he was amazingly good at predicting when the lithium market would really take off and he nailed it perfectly. As in 2016, he came out with Lithium X, just as SQM was stopping production uh, down, in, um, down in Chile, all of a sudden lithium took off, LIX took off, they made a lot of money. When SQM was ready to start production, he immediately sold that company. It was the best market timing uh, project that I've ever seen. And uh, I just look at that and go, that is perfect. Uh, you know, that's the way you need to do it. You need to get in at the right time. But, you know, what? in order to attract a high-level investor like that, you have to be ready. You have to be ready. And, and I look back at our experience with the copper market uh, in, in the early 2000s. Um, we we were not sure what was going to happen in 2001 uh, with the copper market. It was 70 cents. People are leaving Peru. People are saying, what the heck are you doing in Peru? The shining path is still out there somewhere and et cetera. Well, we put our, our money down and, and said, this is a place to invest. And uh, we took, took the risk and we got rewarded. Copper took off. Um, we, we attracted um, uh, Wheaton River to that project or sorry, Gold, uh, um, Gold Wheaton and Hud Bay Minerals to that project. So uh, that was an incredible learning experience about how fast markets turn and how you have to be ready. And, and knowing um, that you guys have done it before, Paul, gives, you know, should give everyone even more confidence that you've got a, a fighting chance, a real fighting chance at, at creating a winner here. So, you know, let's, let's revisit all of this now in the next, you know, come close of financing come 40 through 101 in October. Like I said, the next six months for, uh, for Lomico is going to be incredibly exciting because the rubber is going to hit the road. You know exactly what you got. So I can't wait to have that conversation. I, I want to touch on one last thing before you go. Prometheus Technologies, that's a subsidiary uh, of Lomico. And you've recently, you know, just announced a, a transaction. Um, what's happening there? But, but more importantly, why is it, how, how does it impact the shareholder base? 
Yeah, I think what's happened with Prometheus is it's it's really gotten to be its own company, and it's it's going to end up purchasing Lumico Technologies from Lumico Metals, and that gives two things that gets two things happening. Lumico Metals gets a a shot in the arm, a financial shot in the arm of one point two one point three million dollars, and Prometheus ends up being able to put more money into uh, smart home devices and graphene energy storage to get those projects off the ground and running because Lumico Metals just doesn't have the uh, the financial capability of running two different very inter- completely diverse projects at the same time. So I think it's a good transaction. Lumico Metals uh, retains 20% of, of Prometheus and we get a toehold into a really interesting um, I think unfurling of a new company. So it's a and you get some, and you get some great cash too. You get some great cash at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, we're waiting for that one to to complete, and I think it'll be a, a good opportunity for everyone. Paul, thanks for joining us today, man. Uh, what I really love about it is Labor Day just went by, and bam, you know you're on you're on a Gorecom talk to everybody <laughs> about what's to come. You, you almost couldn't wait. In fact, you know. We you reached out last week say hey when, I want to talk to everybody and uh, I think that's just a great sign that you're right out of the right out of the gates you're sprinting so thanks for being here and uh, looking forward to having you back on I would say 30 45 days at most excellent excellent yeah we've hired IR we've got uh, everything running on Max right now so we're looking forward to the next uh, eight months of and we're finally going to get to that value creation event. You've heard it here first, Lamico Metals, next six months, uh, this is where the rubber hits the road. Make sure you do your due diligence. You've watched Paul. You've heard what, you had, what he had to say. It behooves you now to take that extra step, uh, get, in, get to a Gorecom, punch in the company's name or symbol, read the profile information, read all the information we got there for you. I would definitely recommend watching the previous interviews we've done with Paul. Uh, we've done a number of them in 2019 uh, to really give that whole picture. And then finally, link over to the company's website from there so you can get the holes filled with any information you need. But make sure you're watching the company uh, really closely in the next, in the next couple of months. It's financing, 43101. It sounds like all that is on the way. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a fantastic day. See you next time.